0: Noche Galactica, episode 26, Layers In this episode, we talk to Poeta No More Heroes About education, being a teacher of color And the challenges to come with that This is Poeta Galactico And today, we have Poeta No Heroes in the building How you doing today?
1: Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing real well good, uh, It feels real good to be here
0: Let's go, man It's, it's, it's been a long time Um, Last time I saw you was about Maybe two years ago Yeah, I
1: want to say Yeah, two years ago We saw each other in the streets Maybe a year ago
0: Yeah, in the streets of Oakland
1: (laughs) Yeah, we saw each other somewhere (laughs) Um,
0: But but I know you For about five years But but I'm going to let you Drop your story While you're here Who are you?
1: Uh, So my name is, again, for the no heroes, Hey. Uh, but government name Natalia, <laughs> um, and I'm basically just, uh, I'm most known for being an educator, um, yes, yes. but I'm definitely a child of immigrants, immigrant myself, um, first generation college graduate, um, and just somebody trying to do good in the world and trying to be a better person every day.
0: Trying to elevate, elevate, man, for find sure. your galaxy, that's what he's about. Uh, a little more background I, I met you, we, we, we worked together Yes. Uh, at a beautiful school in East Oakland
1: Wonderful school
0: Wonderful staff, everybody came together I remember we, we were sitting across from each other and, and I saw you and I saw your tattoo A tattoo that said <laughs> life, right? Yes that, that was the moment where I realized that we were going to be connected forever And you have a tattoo that says life And I have a tattoo that says life
1: yeah I actually I was thinking about coming on this podcast and I was like oh I remember when we connected off of our tattoos yes um, I got a tattoo when I was 18 that said life um, because I was 18 and I thought you know I found my purpose in life mm. I found what I wanted to do um, with myself and with my life um, and I decided to mark it off by getting this tattoo which you and I essentially had the same tattoo for same a very tattoo. long yeah same tattoo <laughs> it's
0: crazy how the universe works and then we connected we just been by you, man. I really appreciate uh, the way you educate the young ones out there. I know you. You work in East Oakland. You also now work in San Jose.
1: Yes, totally. Uh, now I work in East San Jose, yeah. But primarily, used to work in Oakland, and of course, my heart is always in Oakland. And I have a lot of people. Fortunately, a lot of people who I love now, who are in Oakland, as a result of being a teacher. So um, definitely, even though I'm in East San Jose, um, I feel like whenever you're in a place, you get to teach there. Um, you get love from young people. And you get to love them And and you're always going to be connected to those places
0: Beautiful, that's a beautiful thing So today, um, I just want to ask you the question About Poeta No Heroes uh, why Voetano Heroes?
1: You know what? Um, as we were talking about during this podcast, you were saying like, hey, any subject that you really want to talk about. And I think even before we started recording, um, we were just talking about what it means to be a like educator of color, working in communities of color, mm. low-income communities. Um, and uh, I think so easily when you're first generation, either immigrant first generation like um i would say a college graduate right or even just a child of immigrants you're kind of like somebody's hopes and dreams right mm, yep. and so so often you're kind of like pushed into these taking on the role or being a hero right kind of like setting the ground either for your family or pushing them forward right and so uh um, and that's kind of like a hard situation to be in because at the same time that it gives you motivation and you are able to accomplish a lot with that motivation, um, it could be really taxing on your soul as well Ooh. to have to take on that much responsibility. And um, and I think when I went into education, when I thought I'd find my purpose in life, I thought my purpose in life was just to really like carry a lot of the world on my shoulders mm. um and i'm in this place where i'm like whoa even that came from a lot of trauma just feeling like that was my role like where in other communities young people and people in general have the have the opportunity to find their galaxy yeah find what's important to them right um, they don't have to be the hero in someone else's story they could be you know they don't have to be a hero period they could just be a human being oh
0: that's fire that's fuego <laughs> uh man that's so deep so deep connecting to education uh i just want to say that there is a burden for people of color working in education that i want to say is like 10 times higher than than the white folks you know Uh, (laughs) i just say that uh with love and care but also just naming that it comes with a lot of baggage that we have Mm -hmm. to care ourselves with um every time we're just talking about this every time you see this connection between a student and staff member or, or just like a student in general with their peers, you feel that pain mm-hmm. because you feel that trauma and you'll be like I can do something for that, I can show you love, come over here and let me let me help you navigate this world mm-hmm. um, but I really love your concept of no hero, so everybody should just be a human being and navigate their own space
1: yeah, and I mean I, that that's, you know, I feel like that's the space that I'm in right now, it's like I want to find ways to like live my life and genuinely live it You know without causing harm to others of course but then um without feeling like the burden of everybody else's you know struggles as well like i want to be able to of course help people you know when i can but not in a way where it just um i don't know where it makes me burn out right
0: Mm, yeah that's heavy that's heavy so let me ask you a question what uh what are the challenges that you see most most often in education as a as a person of color as an educator of color that comes from a, you know immigrant background what are the things that are always always slapping in your face and stopping you from like achieving that greater thing right
1: yeah yeah yeah. Um, i mean i think there's like multiple layers right I, drop them I... drop them <laughs> all right i'll go let me you know get, get how much time get, do we have man, we got, how many time? Days we got do time we got no, <laughs> right, yeah. um, so there's like there's definitely a lot of layers right um, i think on um, as Just being a person of color within institutions that traditionally weren't designed to, like, even uh, allow you to feel successful in them, right? Like, you're always—and for me particularly, right, um, English is my second language. Like I said, I'm an immigrant. I was primarily raised in the United States. Um, I came when I was, like, three years old, so it's young enough for me to um, kind of just be very Americanized, right? Um, but English was my second language. To this day, uh, my parents still don't speak English at all, right? And so I was raised in a, in a household where we primarily spoke Spanish, and yet I'm an English teacher. Mm. right? And I've been an English teacher for uh, nine years now, right? And so that automatically, people already assume something about you um, because maybe you... Have an accent, or maybe um, you also speak Spanish, right? And they see you speaking Spanish in the hallways, right? Um, but you're an English teacher, so there's this level of self consciousness that, that is always going to play out. Mm. When you're standing in a room full of primarily white teachers, mm. right, who is in professional development, at workshops, and all of these sort of settings, you will not only will you see a lot of white people, period, yeah. you know, in education, but as an English teacher, I think that you see them more. Mm. Right um, because, um, because English is seen As a, like, as a white person's language Right mm. um, And Which it is right And so you, you're always Coming in with this self doubt And so I always feel like I had to work twice as hard To show that I was Completely I wasn't just a cool teacher Or I'm not just like the teacher that kids learn from Because they like me I'm the teacher that kids learn from Because I, I am highly invested in my craft Right? And I think that's the part that people sometimes um, don't realize that, like, just as a teacher, as someone who's a professional, who's of color, and for me, again, English teacher being uh, with English being my second language, like, I constantly have to, like, prove to other adults, right, that I'm even capable or competent to teach this subject.
0: That so you are able to navigate uh, the English language eloquent.
1: Yeah, yeah, in an <laughs> eloquent manner, in a manner where I could actually teach it to other young people, right?
0: So, so that's like one. Oh, that's one. one. Yeah, Except that's only one. one part. Right? <laughs> right. Hit me. Number two.
1: Number two, I would say um, the other aspect of it is the like, I mean, we're moving in a place where, I, and I think you could agree with this, you know, because we worked at a school where this was huge. And, and I'm sure you're working at a school where that's also huge. Mm-hmm. And, me, and I'm working now at a regular uh, comprehensive public school. And uh, they're talking about relationship-centered schooling, right? Okay. Like how relationships are important. Everyone's talking about how it's necessary. Right, but what people don't realize is that with relationship comes work. You yep. and I both know that. Yeah, like
0: romantic, romantic right? love,
1: <laughs> romantic relationships, familial relationships. It's just gonna be a lot of work. But you're saying like, yo, you want us to be relationship centered schools and relationship centered teachers, right? And uh, and the reality is that oftentimes when kids don't feel like they already have a connection with people because of where they come from. Um, because they don't share some similar experiences, they're gonna have a different type of relationship with you, and that means that there's gonna be a lot more kids who may connect with you because you have similar experiences, and and you're their go-to person. But imagine being their go-to person for like maybe a hundred kids per year. Let's say mm-hmm. that's a lot of that's stress.
0: That's a lot. That's like bandwidth right there.
1: Yeah, that's a lot <laughs> of stress. And you gotta show them care. You, yeah. If you're the only person they're connecting to from the gate. Either you, you latch on them and, and you support them in that way. Or you say, hey, like, I don't have it in me. But then you have to bear the responsibility of, like, oh, maybe I wasn't there. I wasn't the right person that that kid needed at that moment, mm-hmm. right? Even though physically people would assume you were right? Yeah. You're brown. You're down. Yeah, <laughs> right? You better be down. <laughs> and then when you're not, well, well. now you're just essentially a mark right yeah like people are like oh. you're, just,
0: you're just a top is what we'd like to call here those people tokens of power you know yeah yeah <laughs> legit
1: you're just definitely a top
0: <laughs> okay man that, that is a beautiful thing man having that bandwidth to to be the person of color who's holding those connections with 100 or more students is yeah. it's exhausting mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes it's taken for granted by people who don't understand that
1: exactly peace wow exactly and and i mean i think part of it being like a person of color or being an immigrant or being low income or whatever it may be part of your identity that is particularly in quote unquote urban schools right yeah um people just assume that that's supposed to come naturally from mm. right okay you know what i mean that's like that's how you are so it's like hella easy for you to connect with these kids and it's like yeah and relationships are work, right that's a lot of work so yeah maybe they connect with me but for me to actually have a healthy relationship or just a relationship period there's gonna be some effort and some care that's needed from me and from them right but definitely for me um distributed amongst all of these young people Mm -hmm. right and so i think it is taken for granted just in the sense that even though people recognize yes these people of color are important in our schools they don't realize that not only is it important for us to be there but because of the reasons why it's important for us to be there it's also adding so much more responsibility on us until your point. that that other teachers may not have to carry because kids are already like oh well of course you don't understand me you're not gonna have a relationship with me in the history of my life people like Like you haven't had a relationship with me, right? And I feel
0: like that still for me that resonates because still plays as an adult sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like I be pulling up to a place when there's majority white folks, and I'm like, man, they don't care about me. Like it still hits Mm -hmm. me until a point I gotta know, like I gotta put myself out there and really expect the best uh, of them, of Mm -hmm. myself, so I can be in the same scenario and give voice to myself. But it still plays to this day, you know?
1: Yeah, and imagine you know being a young person and being being in a space where. Uh, maybe traditionally you haven't had a lot of teachers of color. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother layer, right? I was actually just talking to one of my students. She's, an, uh, she's, she's a black student. Um, she's a sophomore. Uh, and she, um, I don't have too many black students in San Jose as much as I had in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were just talking, I don't even recall what we were talking about. I think the, the recent discussion about Gina Rodriguez using the N-word, yep. right? and so anyways we we went on to somehow we started talking about teachers teachers of color um, and even she brought up she's like yo I see the ways some of my male classmates talk to some of my teachers who are of color uh, or things they'll allow or won't allow from these teachers that they will allow from white teachers right and what people don't realize um, and I agreed with her on this is that like there's certain things that white teachers can do that you just can't do right Mm. like I know why teachers who cuss in their classroom. I don't at all cuss in my classroom. And I don't allow my kids to cuss in the classroom. And I straight up tell them, like, yo, when I cuss and when you cuss, we're looked at differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People assume that we cuss because we don't have a high vocabulary. People assume that we cuss and now we're reinforcing a bunch of stereotypes. And I'm not saying that it's okay for us to reinforce the stereotypes by watching our mouth. Yeah. But... The reality is that there is a world where us cussing is perceived in a manner where like a white teacher cussing isn't, right? Mm. And even even to the sense where like I know that as a like as a person of color who primarily teaches students of color and low income students of color, then I that people see me less as as a threat. So even you know, I've seen students allow other teachers to treat them and cuss at them in certain ways um, and never kind of feel like the need to, like, demand better treatment from them mm. or from the institution. But when a person of color or, or you know, does it, right, um, parents will complain. Parents yep. will come and, and demand better treatment. But it's like, yeah, I agree with that. And we should demand it from everybody else, right? We should. Support. Exactly. Right. And so that's another thing that you have to deal with, right? With the fact that, like, that even though you're in a pos- an agent of the institution, that you are still not protected by the institution to the same degree as a white teacher would, or as a teacher who who um, who holds some other, you know, aspect of identity that would give them more power.
0: Dang it. Knowledge out here, (laughs) Wego. That was like that's number three. Before we jump into number four,
1: (laughs) I feel like I need something.
0: uh, Number four, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. The question is, being a a person of color, being a person that speaks two languages, maybe three languages, and I get to that in a minute. do you ever feel like a translator and not in the sense of translating english to spanish or spanish to english but you are translating what the student is trying to convey to a, another adult who's white but they don't understand the context of it because the kid is just speaking maybe ebonics maybe talking in, in their urban setting slang the code switch is not there and you kind of jumping like what that kid is trying to say is telling you this do you ever feel like you are translating even within the english language
1: actually want you to speak on it because I feel like, like, there's certain at the same time that, like, again, kids connect with me. I think a lot of kids feel supported by me, although again, I'm still, you know, an adult and I'm still pretty strict as a, <laughs> as a teacher to be honest, right? I feel like, um, like, kids don't put me in that situation as much, and I, don't, I actually want to say, like, kids, but I'm just not put constantly in that situation right like i think as a teacher a lot of the things that come with it especially in public school is isolation so you Mm. you do your thing in your class and you only really know what the other person is doing unless if you guys are reaching out to each other or if you hear from a teacher right or i mean from a student so we don't get to like interact even like teacher student teacher Mm. right The closest I would say I've gotten to that is a student being like, you know, like this teacher is asking me to do this and the kid making an idea about what this means about their teacher and you both having to be a professional, but also understanding where the kid's coming from, you're trying to balance, well, I can't necessarily throw your teacher in the bu- under the bus right here in front of you because I'm still a professional and I'm still an adult, yeah. right? But at the same time, I'm not going to negate that what you're saying is valid. So how do I balance that yes. too? So I say that like I'm put in those situations more often, mm-hmm. um, but I assume because you play a different role within education, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how yeah. how has that worked out for you? Yes.
0: I feel like at the beginning, <clears throat> excuse me, at the beginning that was like a. I feel like a superpower at the beginning, right? I feel like, man, I'm really making a change. Like, I feel like I'm giving a voice to the student uh, because they're not able to navigate that language or that space yet. And I remember calling it, you know, holding space for the student, you know, holding the space. Um, As a reason, maybe I want to say two years, um, two years ago till now, I'm starting to feel like a burden. I'm starting to feel like people are not putting enough resources or efforts into understanding the child as a whole, where they come from. You know, if you really want to invest in the student education, then invest in understanding where they come from and even their language. Try to make sense of it and don't just grab someone that looks like them, talks like them, put them into like a in a seat next to them and then be like, can you tell me what the kid is trying to tell you? Like. Please invest into trying to understand the kid. Because at that point, the kid is not going to connect with you. He's not going to fuck with you. He's just going to be like, I'm done. you don't understand me. And you're putting me down because you, you're not trying to understand what I'm saying.
1: And, and, I, I, and to add on to that, I would say that that's what people end up doing oftentimes. And when, when they write the referrals, when they send the detention, it's kind of like, oh, get this off my plate. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put in work to like make it work. I want you to deal with it, right? I want you to build a relationship with this kid. Have them be better in my class. All I want to be able to do is just have it teach them, right? That's all I want to do. Go through my lesson and have them go through my lesson, and that's that, right? And I would agree with you that, like, oftentimes it looks like that. It looks like, hey, like, you know, like what 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 is this kid trying to say like i don't really understand it but putting the burden on someone yeah. else instead of doing the work on your own again relationships are hello work hello work and like as a person of color as a teacher of color you're never you're never going to feel like yo um this student of color i don't understand them um i can't make this work white teacher come over here and help me yeah. take on this responsibility of building this relationship or helping me build a relationship but so easily the problem is that it very easily comes to white teachers right yeah. or teachers who don't connect with kids sometimes they're not white right yeah. sometimes they're other yeah, they're teachers other of color, color. right yeah. who are like oh, I'm not willing to put in the work that it will take to build with this kid because it's a lot of work. Now, you other person who already connects with them, how about you take it on?
0: You be the plug.
1: You, you, Essentially, you're the plug. You're the quote-unquote go-to person. right? Yeah. That's something we say in, in education yeah. is who's who's your go-to Two person, Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who's the person you, you feel like or the adult who you feel supported by here instead of asking ourselves, how could we all adults be supportive? Not, yeah, right. I like that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. All adults be supportive, like all inclusive. Yeah, because it's a lot of it's a lot of work.
1: It's a lot of work, and it can't. And oftentimes, the problem is that, like, I think about somebody like you and the role that you that I've seen you play in education. Right? You have been the plug. You are that go-to person that like kids connect to, especially when they when somebody in the classroom doesn't look like them or doesn't understand where they're coming from, even if uh, they do look like them. Right. They don't yeah. know where they're coming from, and so forth, right? And I see the role that you played, and you've often have been that go-to person. But if you're that go-to person for almost every other yeah. kid, that is a burden, and that is taxing, right? That is hell of taxing. And and reg- and I would say, like honestly, like as somebody who's primarily been just the classroom teacher, yeah. not even played any other sort of supporting roles in education, what I've seen is that a lot of the times, like. When you, in the absence of classroom teachers who are of color, who are first generation, who share experiences as the students, what schools end up doing is investing in the support staff, right? Mm. Um, like you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if Carla's listening, to the shout, name, out, Carla, shout, shout out to shout Carla. Out, Carla, uh, Mari, and now I'm giving like, giving out names, dropping out names. Shout outs, let's get <laughs> shout
0: outs right here. Guideline Mari, you know?
1: Yeah. So I'm thinking about these folks who are like oftentimes they end up being the go-to person mm-hmm. but they're people who aren't even paid well enough to be yeah. taking on all this stress yeah they're people who aren't even being invested in like in their development to be able to hold all this space right they're doing it out of like where they're coming from and what they care about and what they feel they owe to their community but because it's coming from that oftentimes these people are not valued in the ways that they should be valued right and they're also not valued financially in ways that they should be valued right so these other teachers again not that teaching pays at all well anyways but there's definitely people who get paid less than teachers in schools for sure right and oftentimes if they look like the students right and they're not in holding the space in the classroom right yeah um oftentimes they're being the go-to people
0: yeah the go-to people that 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 is that is super (laughs) that is super deep Uh, I just want to tie that point to the beginning of this podcast where you said that uh, you feel like there's a burden of people who come from different countries and a person of color that you need to give and continue to push yourself Mm -hmm. and I feel like people who are supporting staff come from that place. Mm -hmm. They always want to give their best because they want to elevate that student that's in front of them because that was like that was me, you know, that student was me so I need to put you on, get up there, get up there, but... You know, organizations take advantage of that, and then they 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 pimp you. You know, they pimp you. Mm -hmm. They make you be like the token of power for them, and they play you and put you in pieces. Like it's like a game of chess. You know? Yeah. They're just trying to make sure they put in pieces in the right places so they people can see that they are about.
1: Exactly. It
0: comes down to the dough, to the money. You know, man. People can survive in the Bay with with like 20k. Like, yeah,
1: you cannot at all. And then that's horrible, right? Like again. Uh, I think we do talk about how there's not enough money in education period, there's not enough money for teachers, I know it for sure, right, um, but there's definitely like all these other folks who, like I said, in the absence of teachers who are, are doing the work that the kids need in the classroom, right, um, there are often, again, all these burdens that are added to all these other folks who are way more undervalued than teachers, I would say.
0: Fuego. Fuego. Dropping, dropping tokens of power and knowledge out here. Poeta, no heroes in the building. There so that was that was number four. That was number four, right? Oh, that was <laughs> yeah. a bonus. That was a bonus. That was a bonus. Yeah. Dropping with number four, man. Number yeah, four.
1: Yeah. Um. Now I'm like, oh, I will go. Yeah, uh, this one, like I would say like it's uh, I think we spoke about it and it's probably like where I'm at personally and professionally, right? like like i said the, another tattoo that i have on my arm is like revolutionary suicide right mm-hmm. and um and, or my arms uh but and it comes from the concept of i don't know uh i'm not sure if you know but it's the autobiography of huey p newen yep and so one of the co-founders of black panther party um here in, in, Oakland. in Oakland, California. Right. Always shouting out the Sh- town. I gotta shout out the town. <laughs> Always. Um, but anyways, so Huey P. Nguyen talks about revolutionary suicide and basically this idea that like what we've been talking about was right. Like, you know, something's going to like may possibly kill you. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet you're still willing to do it because there's a slight minimal, even if like. 0.1% possibility that it could create some change, mm. right? So it's still suicide because you're doing it knowing it might just kill you, but you're doing it with the hope that there might be some change coming yeah. from it, right? As opposed to reactionary suicide, where you're just like killing yourself. That's yeah. it. Like you do things that you engage in certain behaviors, certain activities that just ends up killing yourself, but with no larger purpose in mind, right? Yeah. And so I feel like. Um, I feel like this this other layer that comes into it is that as just in education we're still especially recently, right? We're still on this idea that we believe in equity, we believe in social justice, we believe in every kid matters we believe in valuing people's experiences we believe in relationships all the good stuff that kumbaya we say, kumbaya. kumbaya all the good stuff right and which some schools actually try to do mm-hmm. a lot of educators do try to do and a lot of schools school teams do try to mm-hmm. do right they believe in these values they want to uphold these values and on a daily basis they really try it mm wonderful except the fact that you're still working within a system that has not been changed at all to meet the new goals Mm. that we've all agreed to right because we're working within a system that that at no point said we value every kid we want to support every kid to find their own galaxy right we're just saying hey we're gonna prepare them with these skills that we think they need to join the workforce that's it that's it that's all we're trying to do so now we're saying like no we don't believe kids shouldn't just be prepared to join the workforce we believe that they should be creative we believe that they should develop their critical thinking we believe that they have a larger purpose in life and that they should have every opportunity yet the system itself right six periods a day in high school Mm. right um or um, you know 30 kids per class in elementary school testing like however many times a day from third grade and on yep. you know what I mean like waking up at what 7am and or going to class at 7am being there by 8am whatever time your school uh, begins and then spending all day there all of a sudden that's supposed to help my kids find their true passion develop their critical thinking feel empowered and free I don't think so right mm-hmm. and so we have again These people like you Mm -hmm. Like me who really want the best For these kids and who want what we didn't have The opportunity to find their galaxy Mm -hmm. The opportunity to find Whatever makes them happy and yet We don't we're not working with an institution That is actually ever going to do that
0: Wow Man you are on fire right now (laughs) The mic is dissolving It's melting (laughs) this is fuego man This This is pure knowledge man Make sure you tune in Noche Galactica Poeta, no heroes in the building. Man, you dropping knowledge.
1: I, I feel like I'm just dropping what, what we've been talking about, which is our experience, right?
0: Experience, the power of storytelling and experiences is, is I feel, what elevates people to mm-hmm. pursue their own purpose in life and to continue that drive because this is tiring. Sometimes you're at your lowest, you don't want to wake up in the morning, you know, with the cobija on top, with the pancho on, and you be like, I don't want to go, but today I gotta do it.
1: Man. Yep, and, and I do it. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that, you know, and, and definitely, you know, like I said, I, I, I heard your episode and to me that was like very motivating because there is times where I know that last layer, right? That last layer of like, yo, like even as I'm here trying to show you love and care and support, I teach, you know, English one, English two right now, meaning I get them, I guess students like at 14, 15 if they're older, Um, because maybe they flunked the class or maybe they, they had to take a remedial course and they're older than that, right? But I'm getting them one year out of their schooling experience, right? They've been in school since some of them, you know, four years old, five years old, and now they're, like, 15 years old. So, like, what we're saying is for the past 10 years, you've been going through certain experiences, and now I'm trying to, like, completely do, like, the you know, undo everything mm-hmm. or undo all the bad things that I think we done or redo things in a more loving, supportive way. Um, It's not possible, right? It's
0: not possible. I I just want to say, it's like eating a cup of noodles when you haven't eaten the whole day and you think you're going to get full. Like, that's not going to work, you know? You got to get a full meal.
1: (laughs) That's a great example because I I just felt hungry just imagining that. And that's literally it. Yeah. Kids are leaving hungry. Yeah. Right? They go to your full course meal.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Or or your full course, like, spread, right, with with, uh, sopa maruchan. (laughs) Right? And hot Cheetos and like all yeah. all the stuff that you think they need in their lives and yet it's never gonna feel like enough. Never- and you're always gonna walk out of there feeling defeated or re- realizing what you know where I'm at right now, which is what I'm realizing is that it doesn't matter.
0: Mm, tell me about that. Tell it, me about that.
1: It doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Like and I think about even as even let's pretend. Mm. Let's just pretend that like Still within the system of education That every teacher from From kindergarten Right up until you know Their senior year in high school has showed them love And affection and care Right. Um, and picture black and brown kids going through these institutions where they feel really loved, really supported. And I mean, academic institutions. Right. Yep. Then they're walking out into the world and, you know, kids are getting pulled over by cops before they even make it to my first period or my second period. Right. First period um, at my school. Uh, first period, they're getting to my class late. And my question is like, yo, why are you 10 minutes late? Well, I just got pulled over and searched by a cop. Oh,
0: you. So,
1: yeah. I show you love. Every teacher in your educational career has shown you love, care, support is making you feel empowered. And yet there are all these other institutions around you that no matter what I do right now, no matter how empowered I make you feel, no matter how, um, how in control I can make you feel of the world and your future. The reality is that being a black and brown kid, when you walk out these doors, there's so many things that I and your parents cannot control. Mm. So uh, we could have done everything in the world. And as long as there's all these other aspects of society that keep demonizing you, right? That keep creating barriers off of who you are Mm. and keep putting you in situations where you're, you may make a bad decision, but you're only in those situations because of who you are. Right. And then they penalize you for making the bad decision, Mm. Right. Like, again, whether I taught you that lesson on oppression that one <laughs> Monday will not for- matter.
0: It doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter.
0: Damn. So, <laughs> if it doesn't matter, what matters at this point?
1: Honestly, I think what matters at, at the point is to, I'm in this place where I feel like what matters is like teaching young people how they can control the, the things that they can't control and recognize the things that they can't.
0: Because they cannot control their narrative. They,
1: yeah, not the... I would say they can't control the... I think they can control part of their narrative, mm. right? I think that there's going to be conflicts in their lives that come that they can't control, but they can control where this, the next part of the story goes. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, because I... I think that there there is a narrative that is not controlled by them right yeah. and that's like the master narr- yep. narrative that that creates conflicts that that they're gonna face like i said like what did you do besides what did you do besides looking like a brown kid that made the cop stop you yeah before you got to my class like there's there's nothing you had control there But you have control in the sense of, like, whether you allow that moment to be your defining moment, where you let that become your narrative, Mm. or where you stop and think, hold up, what narrative will be my choice and what will be me allowing someone else to choose for me?
0: It's beautiful.
1: Right. And so I think self-reflection, honestly, like, Mm. when I think about you and, like, think about your story, I just think about... And, and men in general, because there's a lot of men out there who, who ain't shit. But you're not one of them. <laughs> Shout out. Man, some people got, need to listen to that. <laughs> so, but you're not one of them. And when I think about what I really respect about you is your ability to be very reflective. And when I think about the men that I do respect in my life, um, which is not that many, but there are there, is like when a person could be reflective, identify their flaws, and then find a course of action. Mm. Right. It's not enough to say like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I'm sorry. Right. That's not cool enough. It's like, I'm sorry. And this is how I'm going to change. Right. But it requires being self-aware. What part of it, what part of my reaction or my action or my behavior is controlled by me? And what part am I allowing others to control? And how could I take control of that? Right. And so I think for all my young people, that's I think that's what matters. Could we create moments for young people to recognize their own power recognize you know situations where they may not have power right um, and decide to use their power when they do
0: beautiful beautiful I appreciate the love and the respect um, I'm gonna ask you one last question yeah. and then we're gonna give some shout outs you oh, know yeah. cause uh, I'm sure the you shout wanna out. To give all shout outs out. out. uh, throughout this interview uh, you kept saying the, the word love right yeah uh, and I just wanna ask like what is your definition of love
1: yeah that's a good I'm still trying to <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, we mean like general love, we mean platonic love, we mean romantic love. Uh, man,
0: let's stay away from the romantic love. I just mean yeah, love in general.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's never talk
0: about <laughs> romantic love. Never again. Love. How about that? Um, no, just no, love just in kidding. general when you talk about like giving love to people.
1: Honestly, I feel like, like giving love to people is... I think that love should be healing. That's where I'm at. Like, I feel like love should be healing. It should be... I think so oftentimes love is seen as, like, you could deal with my trauma and I could deal with your trauma. And then it'll, like, that's love. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because you put up with my stuff and I could put up with your stuff. But I don't think that's it. I think that it's, like... To me, love is being able to like recognize your own trauma and not use that trauma to hurt somebody else, right? And if anything, like you don't even have to take it somebody else's trauma. It's like you being willing to heal. Mm in front of somebody else, right? And be vulnerable in front of somebody else, mm. right? Because I think so often, like, we're not, we're too busy um, trying to hide our trauma Shit. and then put put it on other people say, like, oh, well, it's because you treated me this way or it's because you can't do this for me or it's because you make me feel this way. And if we could just honestly just, like, come and recognize our own trauma and be willing to heal in front of other people and be willing to see other people heal in front of us, right? Um, then that that's what love is Right being, being in a situation Being with people Who are there To see you grow Who you're willing To see you grow
0: too. Mm, beautiful Beautiful Nothing but love Once again This is Poeta Galactico And we have Poeta No heroes in the building
1: No more heroes No
0: more heroes Right here man um, Any shout outs You want to give out
1: Yeah I mean I definitely just want to Shout out All of my students uh, Who I've ever taught Who I will teach Um, I'm not sure for how long, but, you know, like whoever I teach in the future, um, I have a lot of love and I've gotten a lot of healing through those relationships. And, you know, I feel like I've just become a better person because of all those relationships. Um, Also, huge shout out to all of, you know, my friends. My friends show me a lot of love. Like, I've honestly feel that, like, I have felt... Um, the most genuine type of love, because I have so many like people like you, um, like folks who maybe I met in professional spaces or even in personal spaces, right? Um, that I that have seen me grow, have allowed me to grow, mm. and. Know, who were willing to grow in front of me and show their vulnerabilities as well um so huge shout out to them um and uh yeah shout out to my family in the bay uh movement inc
0: hey, movement inc. inc yes
1: movement inc on uh, macarthur if you are ever looking for t-shirts getting some silk screening done some t-shirts done you can definitely check them out um renee and maya um uh, my family uh my bay family and uh I, w- I would say that. And a huge shout-out to you
0: for having me in here. No, I, I appreciate here. you. I mean, I appreciate you for holding space. I see you as the role model in education. I respect you. Nothing but love. Uh, and from the Bay to San Jose, man, <laughs> let's, keep, let's keep fighting for this. And, and, and definitely pushing the messages about education is more than just in the classroom education. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, education happens everywhere.
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. All
0: right. This is Noche Galactica. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much, and have a good night. Have a good night. Or day.